Jazz it out, mate. Jazz it out. Thumbs up your bum. Jazz it out. Oh, it just gives that life a little bit just to help everybody on their way. Um, so this one's called Sick of Scum. On the run, where's me gum? Also known as Sultana Wheatbags. Cheers, mate. Slam down a cup of beer. Oh, it's good to see the milk crate in good condition. I'd had enough, to be honest. Full stop, blankety blanks, full stop, that's what it was. The government had been baiting me like a gruesome Doberman on the verge of going on a crapping and possum killing spree. Things have been pretty ultra cool in the nocturnal village as we just learned how to become self-sufficient and plant our own crops of potatoes and we were breeding pigs with roosters, uh, cockadoodle oink and that and I was loving things on the home front, but the recent changes by Def Kenner had meant that I was now expected to actually do something for me doll. Could you believe it? In the past, we'd just scribble on a piece of paper what we'd done, 2,000 push-ups, played 10 games of Scrabble, wiped our asses, unraveled our minds, and done turned into a paper plane throwing competition, flown through the front entrance of CES, and there you go. Bob's your uncle. For years, the working class heroes like us and the monsters of the night like us have been able to look for work, quote unquote, you know, the jobs that don't exist, Kerry Culkin's magic shop, whatever, walking there with your doll form, or getting cashola from Mr. Bob Beatty Hawk. Well, no more. The, the party days were over. I'd been working for the doll, quote unquote, by having to pull a trolley of expired meat packers union salami and used troll heads to sell to a train full of bemused white collar wankers and midnight old people. I felt like an absolute idiot pig. I just acted like one too. I stole a Sanyo Walkman from Brashers and just went on all autopilot all the way. Just cruising, whatever, whatever. I'd bought a box still with me trolley, crap headphones blaring the latest Levin and single man scooper as I'd staggered on 453 Lilydale train, completely ignoring everybody around me, breathing heavy, doing some light head banging, sunglasses on, shirtless, sweaty SS jacket on, sculling Rimwood bitter long necks doing a puppet show with the troll heads, grunting, panting, because I've got my headphones on, eating the salami, breathing in people's faces, it's just the worst, the worst. It was just a hell ride to Lilydale. But I wasn't gonna let these peasants get in me way. And I'm just sitting there like a suicide bomber. He's loaded with different kinds of explosives in the shape of brown stick nuggets or nuggets as they call it at KFC. KFC. Well, mate, did I get daggerized on those trips. But Kenneth can stick his new programs up his yuppie anus. I'd been reported by some deaf aging simpleton at Ringwood Station. And now I've been forced on a different word for the doll program. That's rubbish. A different word for the doll program. 
This involved cleaning the police station toilets, wiping the caked feces off the walls with pile of yellow pages they'd been lying around. Sergeant Brinsky, the bastard, lined it up for me and I could have killed, killed him, mate. After that, I'm serious. I was that angry. Oh, even now. I've, I'll tell you, I've never been so angry. I was just filthy bloody angry. My dog's blood bag had actually exploded and I was just drinking the murderous blood of 10,000 year old spirit dog. And seriously, I was. Like canine which had hunted people, innocent people, skinning them with its blackened paws, all in secret, all in horror. Humans running and screaming in a frenzy. Seriously, pissing on themselves, pissing on each other, bouncing off parked cars, filling up bottles of methane hatred. Just spinning in circles, mate. That sort of thing. I was furious. I was seriously angry at the government, at the Germans, at the RSL, at the Mongol brigades, the maggot invasion, the boys in blue, all of them. Stuff them. Seriously, I'd had enough. I was just impatient. Uh, everybody. Not only that, with the old men in black, uh, the camo brigade who shoot at me from the wheelchair toilets, assholes, all of them. I fucking had enough. I'd had enough. I'd had it up to here. Stuff it. Stuff all of these. You can go and read Alam Animalia. I don't give a shit. Seriously. I had to do something right before I left, so I threw myself a massive party at the Nocturnal Village. Three slabs of Nunning Wadding Ale, right? Three slabs. I'm not kidding. Five kilos of mystery mints from Just Quality Meats and ammo for the Luisco. Bang. Set for a party. Everything you need. Now, surprisingly, it felt exactly like every other night at the Nocturnal Village. As we got very, uh, very drunk, shooting at mince meat, which was propped up as figurines of John Kane on top of Buzzburn's used coffins. Uh, Rabbit the hate yabby accidentally fired off a few drums of ammo into the artist shed. But Percy Honky, later on he said it was the best existentialist installation art he ever witnessed. And I'm quoting that, as Fuzzburn's pet rats would literally turn into mince meat. It was mincemeat on mincemeat. And that became a lovely appetite as we cooked them on the barrel of red hot smoking Luisco. Talk about a renewable energy. It renewed our energy to no end. Me and the boys really felt alive. And so we just watched Labyrinths for the updates time. So the night got pretty crazy and the next thing I know, I woke up. Right? I woke up. So it happens every day. Like a newborn baby, it just happens every day, doesn't it? You wake up. And you wouldn't think anything else. It's like, yeah, I'm awake again. But no, I woke up. You know what I mean? I woke up the next day, drunk as hell, lying in a, a puddle of my own vomit. And I was waist deep in it because I'd fallen into a wheelie bin and I'd just been chucking up in there. I was waist deep in my own vomit. And the only other thing in the bin was lizards and gnomes. And I decided, I'm just going to jump in Skeletor and get the heck out of here. I was so pissed that I was driving off the road, hitting bins and dogs. I, was, I drove through some lounge room and people in there were watching Sale of the Century. And I knocked some poor old bloke and I reckon he broke his hip. And I, I, I don't look back at that proudly. 
people say they have no regrets, but I can say that's fucking I regret. Well, I wasn't going out to make it a fool of myself in this state, so I needed to think fast. And find a, I had to find a way to get the city out of oppression. So I remembered how I managed to illegally board a Learjet, and after that I caught a free flight to Texas, Queensland from the second-rate Essendon Airport. That was it, Telmarine. Telmarine's too far, and I just worked out how to make it past the three Mason security guards at Essendon Airport. You just throw them a little bit of meat and some, uh, a little bit of sausage, and you throw them uh, a Milo bar. So I ended up just driving straight through the front gate, smashing through the actual guardhouse, and killing them, so no problem. And no, no one had to call the police now. <laughs> so just, and so I put that in your fat brain, coke can, whatever. So I parked on the runway, flat bang in the runway, and staggered towards this small passenger jet which appeared to be getting ready to take off. Okay, all right. So I'm weighing that up. What do I do? I jump on board. It was just some blokes there in dusty overalls sitting there asleep. And they're just caked in dust like an inch thick. So I'm thinking, mate, these guys would be here since the Egyptians, whatever. So I quickly opened the door, got on the plane, and I hid behind a pile of used nappies. Just a big shit pile of babies' nappies there, you know? Um, I don't know what brand they were. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, they might have been. They might have been Huggies. Ah, oh, see, this is where I mess up my stories, because I get... I sort of lose the key... the key gist of it, and I kind of lose... get off... Ah, uh, no, they might have... They might have been Huggies, I can't remember. Ah, uh, I should... I might as well stop there, because I stopped. Uh, anyway, so... Alright, so I, now I've kind of wrecked the story, but I'll, I'll so I'm behind these nappies, wh whatever the brand was, I can't remember. And the pilot came back and he's asking why the door was open. And that pissed me off because this guy, just because he's got a captain hat and some stripes on his shoulders doesn't mean, you know, like women are attracted to me too because of my, I've got good t-shirts and, you know, and I know how to handle myself. So this guy, I yelled at him and I'm saying, mate, I just needed fresh air, all right? And your attitude is filth, all right? That's what I said to him. It's not, it's not your, it's not your aptitude, but your attitude that determines your altitude, dickhead. That's what I said to him. And then he just got on my back about, uh, he said, he looked at me, because he's in his captain's suit and that, and he goes, look at you. And I said, yeah, look at you. You look like a nappy. And your breath stinks like baby's shit. And he didn't have a comeback for that. And I just turned to him and I said, every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man, but you look like a nappy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I might be bored off the scum shit of the street, but every now and then I have my moments, you know. So he just backed off and he's like, yeah, you, you, you win, you're like a lawyer. So <laughs> he backed off and he looked at me 
and then he's gone. So we were about a half a dozen guys on the plane, and I looked around to find a spare part because the plane needed to be repaired. So I, I just replaced the wings of the plane, and I replaced the tail and the fuselage and the cockpit, but the wheels are fine, so whatever. And then I noticed a gigantic frogman or a fat man taking a, a squeezed lemon right between uh, on, between his glass of shandy and on his peanuts. And I said, you're worth a dog word if you spike up like that, you idiot. So I squeezed past him and, gee, that caused some issues. I barely fit past the bloke. He was that massive. And I'm almost choking the life out of myself when I feasted past him. But I felt all right. And I had my stubby shorts on. So they were sort of squeezed over around my balls and that. But my ass was right in his face. And as we tussled, we squeezed and wrestled for about 15 minutes. And I got past the bloke or the beast, I should call him, and I finally got to my seat, and after that, we'd actually become pretty good mates, probably best friends, I'd say, even though we'd lost our kilos and our clothes and me getting into my seat and bleeding internally, we sat there and cracked out a few chuck cans for us to drink before we got moving, and he told me we were actually heading to Broken Hill for mining. So we did a bit of mining, bit of gold and tellurium and coal and that and when we were all done we got out and cracked a few fresh tinnies down at the local and I'd never seen the arse end of the work before but where macho men got shot good men got heated so we heated it right up and did it like Hitler but as we waited on the runway engine idling drinking beers like maniacs I felt more and more wasted than I was at 2am when Peter Paradox fed me Frankston acid, which, you know what that's like. I mean, you get that in Frankston and you start to, oh, you know, you just like, oh, <laughs> well, here I am, go to the beach or the station or whatever, go get on the train tracks. I was starting to go in and out of consciousness when the fat man starting to get up and he did a bloop you know, a little fart and that, and it was by, this was painful and exhilarating them. By that time, the beer, the drugs, and the massive pig gas was making me as high and sick as Bernard King watching Fuzzbird breakdancing to the Beyond 2000 theme song. And um, we've all been there, so, look, look, in short, I was squashed against the window, drunk as buggery and choking on the gases of a large bear man. I passed out for what seemed like two to four hours and I had dreams. When I was under, I had dreams of being a stunt, a stunt man at Box Hill Town Hall with Albie Mangles. And when I came out of it, I was in an exploding coffin. No, that was still in the dream an exploding coffin burning alive and laughing at myself as though I was watching the What Chases Me Off section on Hey Ho Saturday. And I, when I finally came to, we appeared, it looked like we'd landed. Everyone around me was asleep, just in deep sleep or REM sleep, and uh, heart rates were lowered. And the, the massively sweaty fact of the thing is that People were snoring like an obese Darth Vader on the urge, on the verge of DSP, and I, and I was starting to lose it. You know, I, I just thought 
the hours and hours on the devil's 30 hours in 12 hours of Frank Sinatra being just being bloody and naked and you know it was a cross between John Candy and Broken Hill it was a kind of a runway and I'd started thrashing and screaming in my seat but that didn't do much because 20 minutes later I rocked up and I was crying and screaming and, and singing but I couldn't get past this bloke, this planet of a man. I finally reasoned that I had a spare dog's blood bag which contained wombat lard. So I lathered my body up and finally slipped past the technodrome and into the aisle. I banged on the pilot's door to open the doors but he didn't listen because he was listening to Wham on his Walkman. So that's when I decided I'm just going to squash my way through the wall of the plane using my spare chainsaw. So I cut a hole for myself and jumped out and waking up on the runway I looked around and realised I was still on the runway of Essendon. (laughs) Still there. Man, I can't do anything right. What a failure. What a 1 out of 10. I drove home discouraged and physically brutalised by a farting man who had just told me to keep my head high knowing that my brothers in the nocturnal village were going to give me a downright ribbing. Those guys. Oh, it would be 4 and 20s all around when we got back. And for sure, someone would have the TV warmed up and we'd watch it an hour or two of the coal sensation. That great show about coal with uh, Tina Arena and Vicky Victoria Hellfire. And it was about uh, AFL and pretty much about uh, cooking and uh, cleaning your house, this competition. So they said that good morning and claimed they can't remember anything, but that wasn't even the half of it, because when we got in, uh, the good thing was still going, because we'd have to sell crap to Doug's on trains. Um, so, oh well, just another failed story of the pungent mercenary. Reggie the, Reggie the Keymaker signing out. Signing out.